And this is Stacy. She's going to read the scripture that we're going to look at today. Good morning. Is it on? Uh, today's scripture comes from the Old Testament book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 7 to 22. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not fa- forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie and wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us, we will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go out after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? This is God's word. Thank you. Um, my, uh, some of my favorite TV shows growing up, here they are. Star Trek The Next Generation was one of my favorite shows ever. Um, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was also one of the top ones. And then some of you remember this one, uh, Greatest American Hero. Um, that was one of my faves. And then I think probably my all-time favorite, The A-Team. The A-Team. Those were my favorite TV shows growing up. Good, good shows. And here's what you got to know is they've done lots of research on this, actually, is that when you write a sitcom or, you know, you write a drama or really even just like a novel, there's actually these stereotypical characters that, that you see just sort of throughout pretty much every television show. All of your favorite shows sort of has a combination of these seven types, okay, these seven types. Um, the Wisecracker. You know, think Chandler from Friends, right? The wisecracker, uh, the charmer, that's Joey, uh, the anchor, the anchor, the nerd, the goofball slash weirdo, that's Kramer, um, the narcissist, and the dreamer, okay? You take those seven sort of archetypal characters and you sort of mix them together and you have the recipe for all of your favorite shows, right? This is Seinfeld, this is Cheers, this is Friends, this is The Office, this is Parks and Rec, this is Community, this is Modern Family, this is Arrested Development. You know, you just go down the list of all the television shows and there's a combination of those characters. It's just sort of typical. And what I want to do today is when you read the book of Proverbs, there are a couple different kinds of Um, archetypal fools that are represented in the book of Proverbs, okay? There's different kinds of fools. In fact, the Bible uses five different sort of Hebrew words in the book of Proverbs for fool, and, but we're just going to sort of boil it down to, to three. There's three different kinds of fools that we want to spend, a time, spend time looking at because if you can sort of understand more of what a fool is, then you'll understand more of what being wise looks like. And so what we're doing as a church is, you know, through the summer we've been in this sermon series called Get Wise, and it's, and it's based out of the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, really, uh, really important books in the Old Testament, and they're kind of fun books because they're intensely practical. And what we've said from the beginning is that wisdom is so important. Um, Morals are important. Uh, Knowledge are important. Um, Absolutely, those things are so, so, so important. But as we've said, a lot of decisions that you make in your life aren't necessarily sort of 
moral in nature, you know, like should I turn left or should I turn right, you know, that's not necessarily like a a moral decision, or maybe you have all the knowledge in the world to make some of those decisions, or what college should I go to, right, that maybe, maybe that could boil down to a moral decision, but sometimes it's, man, this way could be wise, and this way could be wise, or, you know, I'm not really sure, and so many of our decisions come down to, come down to what's wise, what's wise, And so we need wisdom. In fact, some of your biggest regrets in your life have come. Some of my biggest regrets have come because we lacked wisdom. So we've been looking at it. You know, Proverbs is is mostly written by this guy, King Solomon. And King Solomon had this like Aladdin moment where he was given, uh, where, you know, God said, I'll give you whatever you want. And, And Solomon could have asked for riches and everything. But Solomon said, hey, I want wisdom. And so God said, great choice. I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you um, everything else. Solomon was very wealthy and very wise. And people came from all over uh, to listen to his wisdom. If you know anything about Solomon's life, um, there's a difference between having wisdom and living a life of wisdom. And Solomon didn't always do that. Um, So there's a difference there. But um, three things this morning. Three things I've got for you. I want to share with you a few kinds of fools. I want to talk about the tests of the fools, or how you know you're a fool, and then the choice, okay? Uh, The kinds, the tests, and the choice, okay? And so here's my thesis. My thesis for this morning is none of us can escape foolishness. We're all going to be some kind of a fool. Which kind of fool are you going to be? Okay, that's my thesis. You get to choose which kind of fool you're going to be. And I want to present you three different fools in Proverbs, and then I want to share with you a fourth kind of fool that I hope you choose, okay? Don't be the first three, be the fourth one. That's going to lead you to wisdom. If you need to fall asleep or, or leave, um, that's, that's my thesis, okay? That's where we're headed this morning. Uh, so first, these three different kinds of fools, actually it's in this last verse. All three kind of fools are listed in this last verse that Stacy read. It's verse 22. It says this, how long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Three different kind of fools. The first one is a simple fool. That's the simple. Explain that in a second. Then next you have the stubborn fool. That's the garden variety fool. All right. And then you have the arrogant fool. That's the mocker. That's the order in which we're just going to look at these three three really briefly. Uh, First is the simple. The simple. Um, when, the, when Proverbs talks about being simple, it's not talking about being dumb or stupid, okay? Sometimes we can use simple like that in our language. But that's not what Proverbs is saying. Proverbs is talking more about somebody who, who is young, um, who is inexperienced, who lacks discernment, who may be gullible or naive, okay? It's, it's different than being dumb or stupid. It's just somebody who lacks experience. Um, I got to tell you, p- younger people in the room, I'm going to be talking to a lot of you this morning. Now, some of you who are older are also simple, all right, the way that Proverbs describes it. But mostly, mostly, I just want to talk to all of you younger people. You know, we've got some middle schoolers in here, perhaps. I know we dismissed a lot of the high schoolers. That's a bummer because this is definitely for them. But maybe some of you, you know, you're college agey. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're young. You're inexperienced. I just want to talk to you for a second. Um, here is, uh, here's one verse about the simple verse uh, Proverbs 14 15 says because when you're 15 and somebody tells tells you they love you you're gonna believe them (laughs) why are you laughing this is the scripture no people are laughing because I totally made that up that's that's Taylor Swift that's not the Bible okay uh 
But Proverbs 14, 15 says the exact same thing. So Proverbs 14, 15 says, the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. The simple believe everything. Um, not only do, do the simple believe everything, but they think they can handle everything. They think they can handle it all. So I got this. I can do this. Any of you parents with, you know, with maybe some teenagers, um, you know, sort of, you, you've dealt with this a lot. Come on, I can handle it. Um, I, I live with, uh, oh, here, here's Proverbs 23, verse 3. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Um, I live with a trio of simpletons, okay? I've got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and they are wonderfully and adorably simple, okay? Um, and they're supposed to be, they're children, they're children. And so I spend a lot of energy and time trying to get them to trust me because I know better than they do, right? And I've had this conversation with Jeremiah and William so many times. I'm just like, guys, just like, okay. I'm smarter than you, okay? <laughs> I, I swear, all right? Have you gone to college? No, so I've, okay, I've gone to college. I'm, I'm smarter than you. I know more about this than you. Please just listen to me. Trust me, right? Um, that's a little bit of what you have to do with a fool. Here's how to, help, uh, or how to help the simple, okay? How to help the simple is you need these things. You need gentleness, patience, time, and instruction. Gentleness, patience, time, and instruction. Um, instruction. Younger people, I want to talk to you just for a second. For those of you that may be a little simple, and it's okay to be simple. You're inexperienced. Here's what's so beautiful about when you're young, and, I'll, and I hope I hear a couple amens from some of us older people, all right? Listen, is you have this beautiful opportunity, young people, because you can have the benefits of youth and all the benefits of wisdom as well at the same time. That's incredible. You can have the benefits of youth and the benefits of wisdom if you would just only ask for it, to seek wisdom, to be humble enough to say, I'm a little simple and I'm willing to listen to instruction. Could you help give me some wisdom? That's a beautiful thing. And I wish all of us who are older, we wish that we would have had that attitude. Because <laughs> now we don't have the benefits of youth anymore. Uh, we might have some more wisdom, but we don't have the energy and the life that you have when you're young. And you can have both. You can have youth and wisdom if only you search for it. So what are you supposed to do if you're simple? Do these things, right? Admit that you need wisdom. Admit that you need it. Ask for it. And be humble enough to receive it. Proverbs 12, 15 says this. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Listen to counsel. Listen to counsel. Um, just because you have experience doesn't make you wise. Because here's the next kind of fool. This is the, um, this is the stubborn fool. This is the garden variety fool. Um, they know what they ought to do, but they either don't care or, and or they lack the discipline to follow through with what they know they're supposed to do. If the simple fool has like a carefree heart, then the stubborn fool has a careless heart. A careless heart. Proverbs uh, 14, 16 says this. A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. Arrogant and careless. Um, here's just an observation about a fool, and we've all been fools. Oh, hello. Um, here's, here's what the next thing says about, uh, here's what I want you to know about fools, if you could put the next one up. Is uh, fools, they can't admit to their folly, and therefore they never learn from their mistakes. They can't admit to their folly. This is what fools often do. They can't admit that they make mistakes and therefore they never learn 
from their mistakes. Uh, Proverbs 10, 17 says, People who listen when they're corrected will live. But those who will not admit that they are wrong are in danger. And then this is why. I'm going to read you this a very famous proverb. And it's a very visceral proverb. It's supposed to sort of make you feel a little queasy about it. Here's what it says. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Fools will just constantly repeat their folly. Hey, did that ruin your last marriage? Yeah. Hey, when you ate that, did you like, did, you, did that not go well for you last time when you ate that? Yeah. Um, hey, when you spent money on that last time, didn't that get you into like crazy debt? That wasn't a good deal, right? Yeah. Hey, when you, you know, when you decided to go there, or, you know, do that thing or buy that or, you know, or date him or her, like, you know, wasn't your last boyfriend like 42 and still, you know, no job and living in mom's basement, right? It, wasn't that the last one too? Yeah. But see, fools can't admit that some of the decisions that they've made were folly and therefore they never learn. And then they keep coming back to it. And, and that's why, here's the thing about a fool. This is just an observation that you've, you've experienced. And this is a verse that really we should all have memorized. Um, it's, a, it's a verse that, uh, that says this. Um, it's Proverbs 13, 20. It says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. That's a good one. Can we read it together? That'd be really good. It says this. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. It's interesting that it says, it doesn't say he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools becomes a fool. It doesn't say that. It says that if you align yourself with a fool, then you will catch the shrapnel from their life when their life blows up. That you will suffer harm. And if we could, if we could, we could just insert some other words in here for companion. We could say, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a wife of a fool suffers harm. We could say, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a husband of a fool suffers harm. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but, a, but the boss of a fool suffers harm. But an employee of a fool suffers harm. But a son of a fool suffers harm. A daughter of a fool suffers harm. The parent of a fool suffers harm. And so with, with this sort of stubborn fool, you know, they sort of feel like, I can do whatever I want. But no, what they do, when we make foolish decisions, it doesn't just impact us. It impacts everyone around, this. So, around us. So I just want to say, I talked to some of you younger people. I want to talk to some of you single people right now, all right? Got a lot of single people. Not all of you are going to marry, and it's fine and right to stay single. Singleness is a really great station of life. But some of you single people are, are looking for a spouse, and you're going to marry. So here's my best advice to all of you single people in the room who want to get married. Don't marry a fool. <laughs> Don't marry a fool. Don't marry a fool. Because he who walks with the wise grows wise but a companion of fools suffers harm. That's that kind of, of, that's that kind of fool. What do you do with this kind of fool? Um, how do you help? Well, for the simple person, if you need gentleness, patience, time, and instruction, you need something different for this kind of fool. For this kind of fool, you, need, you might need boundaries, firm direction, discipline, and perhaps consequences. That's the, way that, that's the only way that this fool is going to learn. That's the only way they can perhaps hopefully snap out of it through God's grace. If you are one of these kinds of fools, which if you are, then you probably aren't willing to admit it. That's why you're this kind of fool, all right? But if you're willing to admit that I might be this kind of fool and you're here this morning, you're listening to this online, this is where, here's what you got to do. What, here's what I want you to do is I want you to dig deep. Dig deep. 
It takes a lot of courage to admit that you're a fool. And it's easy to blame our foolishness on everybody else. But usually fools are fools, not just because they make foolish decisions, but usually fools are fools um, because of wounds from the past. Usually there's a lot of wounds from the past that feed into foolishness. And so are you willing to dig deep? Can you get underneath some of that? Are you willing to admit it? And would you face some of those things that's making you a fool? Last but not least, I don't got a lot to say about this last one because this is the mocker, all right? This is the arrogant fool. If the simple person's carefree and the stubborn fool is careless, they've got a careless heart, then the mocker has a hard heart, a hard heart. Um, fools don't really care, but mockers will make fun of other people who do care. And therefore, it makes them incredibly difficult to get along with, very hard to agree with, very hard. They're, they're never teachable. They're always contrary. They never agree with anything. Um, what do you do with this kind of fool? I don't know. <laughs> and even, this, even Proverbs says, oh, man, if you're dealing with a mocker, man, you, you can just try all day and they will just will not listen to you. So um, that's the worst kind of fool to be, to be married to, to be, to be working for, and certainly to be yourself. Here's some tests, okay? Two quick tests for how you know, maybe to, to help us all discern maybe, maybe what kind of fool we are. First is the correction test and then the pathway test, okay? First, the correction test is all throughout Proverbs, and I could read all the Proverbs to you that say it, but I've already read a bunch of Proverbs to you today. One of the things that it says over and over again, one theme is, how do you know, how do you know who a fool is? How do they handle criticism? How do they handle correction? How do they handle the word no or later? How you handle those situations in your life will be one of the things that will help you see you see what kind of fool you are. If you're dating somebody, you want to pay attention. You want to pay attention to how does this person I'm dating handle correction, criticism, and the word no or later. Because if they don't handle it, depending on how they handle it, that's how you're going to sort of get a sense of what kind of fool you're dealing with. Um, I, uh, I wrote this down because I, like, I felt like this was helpful just to summarize just how fools respond to uh, correction and, and, and discipline. Um, correct the simple and slowly they might understand you. Correct the fool and they will ignore you. Correct the mocker and they will hate you. But you correct the wise and they'll thank you. Because wise people are willing to admit they're foolish. Wise people are willing to listen to correction and criticism my question for this test simply, and we'll move on because it's kind of uncomfortable for, for us, how do you handle correction and criticism? Think about that. If somebody corrects you or you, oh, do you just do you automatically just get defensive and, you know, you start shooting fire arrows back, you know, what, what, what's the response? That's one of the ways the proverb says we can tell a fool or you can tell a fool in your own heart. But here's this next Next test, it's called the pathway test. I love this one. Um, here's what this one's about. Fools think they're dealing with a line, but wise people know that they're dealing with a path. Fools think they're dealing with a line, but wise people understand that they're dealing with a path. Here, let, let me explain what this means. Is if you 
sort of make all of your decisions, and if you look at the world as sort of completely black and white, and if you look at all of your decisions and you sort of categorize it as right or wrong, meaning there's like a line and over there is wrong and this, are, this side is right. If everything's just right or wrong in your decision making, um, that's gonna cause a lot of trouble with how you make decisions. Um, for a couple of reasons, here's, here's why. There's a couple of problems with just sort of believing that there's like a line that you shouldn't cross rather than a pathway that you should walk in, okay? First is this, is sometimes when people ask, ask me, the pastor, they're like, hey, where in the Bible does it tell me that I can't blank, you know? Show me the verse where it says that I can't, you know, smoke blank, you know, or tell me in the Bible where it says that I can't, you know, do this, and, uh, and I love those kind of questions. If you have those kind of questions, then feel, come, come ask me after service. But here, here's a couple things about it. First of all, first of all, that's problematic in making decisions on that because there's a lot that the Bible doesn't address. And just because the Bible doesn't give a firm no on something does not mean that it's giving it a yes. Does that make sense? What that's called is an argument from silence. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, Jesus never said anything about this, so it must be fine, right? And my response is always, is always, yeah, well, I mean, Jesus didn't say a lot about a lot of things. Jesus never said that you can't eat your lawnmower. Yeah, he never said that. Um, you know, Jesus didn't say anything about a whole lot of things. And it doesn't mean that because he didn't say anything about it, it doesn't mean that it's, you get the point. But here's the biggest thing, is when we say, hey, tell me in the Bible where it says that I can't do this then also what's also going on in our hearts often is that we're sort of asking, God, where's the line? Where's the line? Because I want to get as close to the line as possible without, you know, because without like going over. Because I, you know, I want to have, I want to be obedient, but I don't want to be like all, you know, but I want to have some fun too, you know? I want to be obedient, but, uh, but, you know, I also, like, sort of want to get away with as much as I can, you know? So show me where the line is so that, you know, I won't, like, you know, tick God off and cross the line because I don't want to do that. But I also sort of want to, like, live right here. I want to see, get right up next to it. And uh, see, that's the problem with living your life thinking that there's a line instead of walking in a path, is because if you don't understand you're walking in a path and if you base all of your decisions off what's wrong with, what's wrong with, man, you're going to get yourself into trouble. You know where this starts? It starts like this. What's wrong with checking out her Facebook page? I know, I'm not, I know she's not, I mean, I know she's not my wife, but I mean, is, is Facebook illegal now? No. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong, with, what's wrong with checking out her Facebook page? It's totally fine. Nothing wrong with that. And what's wrong with like, with like friendly conversation at work with, you know, with, with the girl that, that works next to you? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, right, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no verse that says I can't talk to the, to, you know, the gal at work. There's no verse on that. So what's wrong with that? And what's wrong with like going out to lunch? Can somebody show me the verse that says you can't go out to lunch, you know, with like, What's wrong with going out to lunch? And, you know, what's wrong with, like, going out to dinner? Who loves dinner? Everybody loves dinner, and there's no verses about dinner. What's wrong with going out to dinner? That's fine. And, you know, and what's wrong with, and what's, you know, and what's really wrong with, you see where that goes? See, what this person doesn't understand is they're being a fool. Because they may not be crossing any lines necessarily, but you better believe they're walking a path. 
what's wrong with spending my money on, you know, there's nothing, there's no, there's, there's nothing wrong with spending my money on that. There's nothing wrong with using my credit card to, ah, man, you might not be stepping over a line necessarily, but man, you're walking a path. And see, the foolish person doesn't understand that every decision is walking a path, walking a path, walking a path. That's the pathway test. What path are you walking? That's the question. Now, um, last, but most importantly, um, what do you do about all this? <laughs> What's the answer to not being one of these kinds of fools? Well, let's not be too simplistic because the answer to not being one of these fools isn't to just, I'm just not going to be a fool. I'm going to take criticism. Urgh, you know, just trying really hard to, you know, not be a fool and be wise. That's too simplistic. It's got to go so much deeper than that. Here's my thesis. Is in order for you to not be one of these three kinds of fools, you actually need to become another kind of fool. The way that you avoid foolishness is to become a fool. Let me read what Paul has to say about this. Because what Paul has to say is so, so huge. This is from the book of 1 Corinthians. And Paul's going to outline for us what kind of fool you should be in order for you to avoid foolishness. And for you to be wise. It's just upside down and it's beautiful. Here's what he says. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent of, I will frustrate. Here's Paul again. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand a sign and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Greeks. But to those, or foolishness to Gentiles. But to, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you were in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Um, what does that all mean? There's a lot there. That's a whole three sermons. But listen, he says this, the only way for you not to be a simple fool or a stubborn fool or an arrogant fool is to become God's fool. That's the only way to wisdom. Um, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a woman. She's lady wisdom. She's calling out. And then Jesus steps onto the scene much, much later. And Jesus has the audacity. Jesus has the audacity to take lady wisdom's mouth and, and, and lady wisdom's voice and have, it, and have it come from him. 
Um, Jesus says several things in the, New, in the New Testament. He says, everyone, this is Matthew 7, anyone who hears my words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. Remember at Christmas time, we remember that the wise men came and bowed before him at his birth. And, and when Jesus is 12, he's in the temple teaching and talking with the other, with the, all the wise leaders of his day. And in Luke chapter 7, Jesus says this. He's talking with a group of people and they don't believe that he is who he says he is. And he says this, listen, one greater than Solomon is here. Jesus says, listen, I am the wisdom of God. And think about how, Jesus, how God's wisdom was shown to us. Think about it. How is God's wisdom shown to us? It was shown to us in seemingly one of the most foolish ways imaginable. How would a God come and rescue his people by coming and being a servant? How would God come and rescue his people by, and by dying on a cross? How foolish is that? Why didn't he come with an army? Why didn't, he, why didn't he come with weapons and, you know, he could have just put himself on the throne. But see, the way that God came to us, God's kingdom is so upside down. It is so different than what we normally think. It's just foolishness. And you know who it's foolishness towards? It's foolishness, foolishness towards the irreligious and the religious. It gets us both ways. Because the irreligious might say, a God who comes and dies? That is so silly. Why would I want to worship a God who just, who's seemingly weak like that? And then the religious person is, is frustrated by that because it's like, hey, I'm saved by his grace only. Like, I don't have to perform my way in. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to have this track record. Like, I just get to get in just because of his grace. How foolish is that? There's got to be some sort of system. There's got to be some sort of right and wrong list that if I, as long as I just follow these things, then I'll be in his favor. And God's foolish wisdom comes to us and says, no, no, no. Forget all that other stuff you believed or heard. I'm going to come and rescue you, not by pointing something at you and saying, you will worship me. I'm going to come and I'm going to wrap a towel around my waist and I'm going to wash feet. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to take the very nature of a servant. And also, my grace that I give you, my life that I pour out for you, it's free. I know that you can't perform your way in. Therefore, I am going to perform your way in. I'm going to do everything that's required. And I'm going to take that burden onto myself. I'm going to live the life you should have lived but can't. I'm going, to, I'm going to die the death that you should have died. But now you don't have to. And I'm going to rise from the dead. So no longer do you need to fear death. Because you're set free from your sin. Through my life. That's the message of the gospel. That's why we're here. That's why we sing. That's our hope. Not in religion, in this Jesus. So, how do you get wise? Where does wisdom come from? Where does true wisdom come from? Well, to the extent that you understand, to the extent that you embrace the foolishness of the gospel. Just the, the utter sort of, it just seems, it's so crazy. It's, it's really God? Really? You're, you're the king of the world and yet you're going to come and... 
You're going to do that? Really? It's just crazy. Right. See, if you, if, if you understand that it's, it's crazy, it's foolish, it's amazing, that means you get it. That means you get it. So, don't be a fool. Be a fool. Don't be a fool. Be God's fool. Recognize that when you say, I want to follow Jesus, you're doing this thing called repentance, which basically is you just saying, God, I'm a fool. I'm a fool. I can't save myself. I can't perform my way in. I'm a fool. God, I admit it. And then it's embracing this new kind of life that honestly, guys, the world just doesn't understand. And religious people don't understand. It's just foolishness. It just seems so crazy the way that we live the way that we spend our money, the way that we view sex, the way that we view life, the way that we view our time, the way that we view eternity, it's just so different. And to the extent that you get all that is the extent that you will get wisdom.